Welcome to the Beyond the Pearls podcast, based on the Morning Report series from Elsevier. This podcast has been adapted for audio in collaboration with series editor Dr. Raj Dasgupta, as well as the volume editor for each book. Each episode features an in-depth case dissection format and aims to deliver practical, concise, and easy-to-digest information. And now, here's today's episode. So, you know, what is the theme of this podcast is osteoporosis. You know, people have it. Men have it. It's a podcast for every single person out there. So I got this catchy title of this podcast. Here's the theme, everyone. Uh, Pay attention a little bit. It's going to be you already carry the diagnosis. So on your follow up visit, what are 10 questions to ask your doctor about osteoporosis? And who's going to be my guest today? Well, we got a returning guest. We got my favorite, that is favorite, endocrinologist in todos los mundo. I think that means the whole world. I think it does, you know. And it's going to be Dr. Braden Barnett. He already did stuff for me about diabetes. And I kind of, I didn't have to. Did I have to twist your arm? Not at all. No twisting, no no twisting. But he's going to come back here and and talk about osteoporosis. And um, I just want to say a few things beyond him just being my bud and awesome. He's the assistant clinical professor at the University of Southern California, USC, go Trojans. Um, He's also the associate program director of the endocrinology fellowship. And he is the co-director of the USC endocrine lab. And I said, why are you doing that? No, I I take it back, take it back. But anyways, Raiden, how are you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Happy New Year, Dr. Raj. Thank you. Thank you. So some people still don't know what osteoporosis is. Nope, no worries, because we have you here. So can you just find out what is osteoporosis? Yeah, so when I uh, when I see a patient for a, a first-time consult about osteoporosis, the thing that I that I try to stress to my patients is that it's it might be easiest to not think of osteoporosis as a as a condition, as like a, a, a yes or no binary kind of a thing. Um, what I say uh, to my patients and the way I explain osteoporosis mm-hmm. is it's basically synonymous with trying to identify people who are at high risk of having a fracture. And, and the types of fractures we're talking about are, are what some people call fragility fractures, osteoporotic fractures, uh, low trauma, or even no trauma fractures. These are the types of fractures that we're talking about. We're not talking about high impact fractures. Uh-huh. Um, we're okay. not talking about, you know, the fracture you get from being in a car accident. We're not talking about the fracture you get from running into a tree on a ski on a pair of skis or something like that, um, or, or Jean Claude Van Damme snapping your arm in a karate exactly, move or something. Exactly, like that. Okay. you got to watch out for JCBD. Um, <laughs> but um, so those are fractures that generally mm-hmm. no medical intervention is going to prevent those. Okay. So that's why we're not talking about those fractures. We're talking about fractures that occur with a very small amount um, or, or even no trauma, because those are fractures that we think medical intervention might actually be able to decrease the risk of those fractures. So, so that's what we're, when, when we talk about osteoporosis, mm-hmm. we are trying to find a group of people who we think have met some arbitrary threshold of a higher risk of fracture. And we're trying to say, okay, this group might benefit from medical intervention. Ooh, I like that a lot. So this kind of led to this question, but I want you to answer it. Are there symptoms if you have osteoporosis? Now, I always thought it was a air quote silent disease because how do you feel my bones getting thin? I just don't know that. So 
is it a painful osteoporosis? Are there any symptoms to look for? Well, you, your, your intuition is correct, uh, Dr. Raj, <laughs> that, that osteoporosis is an asymptomatic condition, right? Because like I said, all we're trying to do is risk stratify people. There's, there's, not, um, there's not clinical manifestations that we're looking for here with the exception of broken bones, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, you might so, feel that. Right, so, um, and, and that gets to probably the most important risk factor and, mm -hmm. and making a diagnosis, and I will get more into it later, mm -hmm. I know, but just to start with, probably the most important risk factor and, and diagnostic criteria is if someone has already had an osteoporotic fragility, low trauma, or atraumatic fracture, we know that then there is something innate about that person that then puts them at risk of having a future fracture, right? Ah, okay. um, so that is uh, uh, diagnostic criteria number one is if someone has already had a fragility fracture in the past, we know that they are at a high risk of having a fragility fracture in the future. Now, so then could you argue that, sure, it is a fracture, a symptom of osteoporosis, I mean, it, it kind of depends on your definition, yeah. um, uh, because like I said, osteoporosis is not really a, a disease per se, it's really just trying to risk stratify people. So to answer your question, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, shortly and succinctly, no, there are no symptoms with osteoporosis. Um, a lot of times I have patients who say, oh, well, yeah, you know, it made sense when my doctor told me that I had osteoporosis in my hip or osteoporosis in my spine based on a bone density test because, yeah, I do have a lot of hip pain or, yeah, I do have a lot of, of spine pain, back pain. Um, and so uh, to those people, I say, well, uh, you know, you th that is more likely due to a, a degenerative joint disease of some kind, you know, osteoarthritis or, you know, various different causes of low back pain um, and not due to a fracture, right? So mm -hmm. unless you got an mm -hmm. x-ray of your hip and, oh my gosh, you have a hip fracture and, or you did an x-ray of your spine and you have a spine fracture, that would not be a manifestation of osteoporosis. That more likely would be a manifestation of osteoarthritis, which is oh, very sad. confusing for yes. patients who have both osteoporosis and osteoarthritis, which happen very commonly together um, and sound very similar to <laughs> to to the layperson um, for sure. So well um, said. so yeah, no symptoms. So let's go into who gets it, you know, and and I'll be more. I'll kind of target it on a couple of things. Does ethnicity play a role? Family history play a role? And one I want to be a little more passionate about is what about us? We're dudes. We're men right. now. I'm going to tell you, every time I hear osteoporosis in med school, if there's a picture in some kind of textbook, it's a woman, mm -hmm. right? Do men get it too? And so who gets osteoporosis? So, yeah, um, I, I guess to answer that question, I'll start by um, sort of giving a, a, a brief dive into physiology here. Not, nothing mm -hmm. too deep, but um, if you think about our bones as having two different kinds of cells, right? We've got um, the osteoblasts, which think of them as like the construction crew, right? Okay. And we've got the osteoclasts, think of them as like the demolition crew, right? Okay. So when we are young, when we're kids, when we're going through childhood, adolescence, early adulthood, mm -hmm. the construction crew is working really hard, right? Yep. So imagine you're starting with an empty plot of land and you're trying to build a building there. You need the construction crew working really hard. You don't really need much of a demolition crew at that point, right? Yeah. So our osteoblasts, our construction crew, they're building, building, building. So when we're young, our bone density is going up nearly every day, right? Okay. Um, 
uh, and, and were very unlikely to have um, fragility fractures during that time period, right? Kids break bones all the time, yeah. but they're usually high impact fractures. Exactly. Um, and they heal up usually very easily because the construction crews working hard, they can fill in the gaps real easy, right? Right. Um, in early adulthood, uh, around the age of about 30 or so, is where our bone density reaches a peak. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, that's where our, our construction crew has kind of slowed down a little bit. Our demolition crew has kind of sped up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now they're kind of in a nice equilibrium, okay? So uh -huh. our bone density is kind of plateaued for a little while. Okay. Um, after that, in, a, in the early adulthood, you know, getting into, into middle adulthood, 30s, 40s, um, this is where our bone density is stable and then maybe starts to decline a little mm -hmm. bit. Now, this is due to sort of just a natural function of the human body mm -hmm. where the demolition crew starts speeding up, right? So now the demolition crew, those osteoclasts, mm -hmm. they're going a little bit faster than the osteoblast, the construction crew. So the net effect is a loss of bone. So now the reason I bring this up is this gets me to why do, why is osteoporosis so much more strongly associated with women than with men? Okay. Um, when women go through menopause um, and their estrogen levels go from, uh, you know, the, the sort of standard levels we see in premenopausal women to lower levels during perimenopause down to the very low levels of a, a postmenopausal woman, uh, woman, this is where we start to see that the, the osteoclast, the demolition team, they start speeding up even more. And the reason for this is that estrogen is a very potent inhibitor of the demolition team. So if you get rid of estrogen, now you're taking the brakes off of the demolition team, off of the osteoclast, they're starting to chew away at that bone even faster. And so during the first 10 years mm -hmm. after the completion of menopause, which average age of menopause uh, uh, is around 50, 51. Mm -hmm. So for the average woman, we're talking basically through the 50s, mm -hmm. uh, the decade of the 50s into the early 60s. Mm -hmm. This is where women tend to see the most profound loss of bone density. Um, now, actually, the risk of fracture during this time is actually not super high, okay? okay. Um, so even though the bone density is going down fairly rapidly during this time, um, the, uh, the risk of fracture remains, you know, relatively low. Then um, uh, as, as women progress into their, their 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond, mm -hmm. um, this is where we start to see the risk of fracture go up because we know that age plays a big role as well. Okay? okay. So we know that the loss of bone density that occurs in the postmenopausal woman plays a role, and that's why we tend to see um, uh, at least later on, higher uh, risks of fracture mm -hmm. in women as compared to men. But we know that age plays a role in both women and men. So mm -hmm. we know um, that that older individuals tend to have a higher risk of fracture than younger younger individuals. Mm -hmm. um, and this is why we don't really talk about uh, osteoporosis and bone density and all those things in uh, premenopausal women and and younger men, which mm -hmm. we'll say is below the age of about fifty or so. Okay. Um, you also asked about. Um, well, well, how about let me oh, say no. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about estrogen, the mm -hmm. hormone, and you know, men, I have a little estrogen, I don't know sure, what to do with right, it, right, but right. somewhere in me. Now, does the same concept apply with my testosterone level in osteoporosis in men? Yes. You know I mean? So, um, a man that is uh, hypogonadal, deficient in testosterone, yeah. would be presumed to have... Uh, lower bone density on average than a man who doesn't have low testosterone and then also probably um, a higher fracture risk as well. Is it the same science? Like I love talking about the demolition crew. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So is my testosterone preventing my demolition crew from breaking down my bone just like in women? Correct, you, you're correct. So the okay. idea is that um, in, 
in men, we have uh, a lot more testosterone than than estrogen. Okay. Um, but we do have some estrogen, and it's all derived from our testosterone. Okay. So if you if you have uh, less testosterone, then you also have less estrogen. The testosterone mm -hmm. itself doesn't have much of a direct impact on the bone. It's the gotcha. it's the estrogen that is derived from the testosterone that has. So an to, to make it simple, because now I'm getting really into this. So that's one of the many reasons in a simple answer that maybe osteoporosis is a little more pronounced in women's because the role of estrogen in men is not as big, but it still contributes to bone loss when I lose that estrogen as I get older. But in women, that's a huge thing because that is the primary hormone in Co women. Correct. Correct. Okay. And another thing to, to point out there mm -hmm. is that, you know, uh, uh, every, uh, every, uh, person on on the planet who uh who has ovaries will uh go through menopause at at some point during okay. their life right yeah um and uh uh so you know we're talking about you know roughly half the population who eventually is going to have very low estrogen levels right yeah, yeah. um and even uh women who go on hormone replacement therapy mm -hmm. um, with estrogen. We know that even in those individuals, we still see less sort of estrogen activity in the bone and we still get a little bit of bone loss there, but we'll talk more about that yeah, later. Like now, um, God, you get me too fired up on this I, stuff. I know, I Man. know. But, um, but the point I'm bringing up here <laughs> yeah. is that most men, yeah. while we do see lower testosterone levels later yeah. in life in many uh -huh. men, uh -huh. the testosterone levels don't drop to zero, right? Okay. With the very low levels seen in yeah. a postmenopausal woman. Uh -huh. there, there is not a significant uh, andropause, if you will, if you will, where where men's testosterone levels drop down to like near zero, right? And, well, I, I'm uh, going to tell you, I watched some late night commercials. Yeah, and yeah. I, they they may contradict you because sure. there's like low T, and they're making a lot of money selling some testosterone to right. us, and, and that's uh, that's a whole other discussion <laughs> for a whole other discussion. Day. But but the general <laughs> idea is that uh, that yes, even though you know testosterone levels tend to be lower in older men as compared to younger men in yeah. general, yeah. the testosterone levels don't drop so much to the okay. point um, okay. that, that they're comparable to the estrogen, the very low to zero estrogen levels in a woman. That makes sense. And, yeah. and just, and just uh, yes or no, does family history play a role in osteoporosis and ethnicity? Uh, family history, absolutely. Um, okay. So we know that, um, you know, a lot of what I talked about, how, you know, the, the demolition crew, the osteoclast, they kind of just start start speeding up as time goes on. Um, the lack of estrogen is only one component there. A lot of the rest of these components are sort of things that are just innate to the human body and, and mm -hmm. things that, that are dependent on factors that we are probably yet to discover. Mm -hmm. But we know that a lot of that is is genetically driven as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is hardwired in our DNA. And so we know that, um, you know, people who have uh, parents who had uh, fractures, fragility fractures, in particular hip fractures, um, that their children are at a higher risk of having hip fractures as well. So a parent who uh, had a hip fracture, a, a fragility fracture in the hip, um, is a major risk factor for um, having an osteoporotic fracture later in life. So family history mm -hmm. most definitely plays a role. And we assume that's just because that there's innate DNA features that uh, that we don't really know how to how to look for or how yeah, to define. Yeah. Um, does ethnicity play a role? Let me, let me answer oh, this. Yeah, yeah, let yeah, me yeah, answer yeah. it, please. I'm going to guess because poor African Americans always get it bad. Is it African Americans? Because I'm guessing vitamin D levels, 
Or did I just totally guess wrong? Uh, you guessed a little bit wrong, actually, oh, on that man. one. Um, okay, so, inform um, me, inform uh, me. Uh, people of uh, Asian descent and Asian Caucasian descent actually tend to have higher risks of fractures um, as no compared kidding. to those of African-American really? descent. Really? Um, okay. Not to say that you know people of African-American descent don't get osteoporosis and yep. don't have osteoporotic fractures, okay. but in general, um, uh, Caucasian descent and Asian descent um, are the people who are at a higher risk of developing osteoporosis however you define that yeah. and and uh, a high risk of fractures have you met my mom uh yes i have she has osteoporosis yes yeah so anyways just uh, yeah maybe i should guess <laughs> asian what was i thinking um so <laughs> so let me uh, i want to throw just a couple quick things in here and just off the cuff sure so for my medical students i'm sure there's a couple of listening to this one i'm almost think i'm gonna put this one on my medical podcast too great um if you're a young kid and you're getting some fractures you know mm -hmm. what jumps to mind medical students something called osteogenesis imperfecta right and for my movie buffs out there does anyone know what villain in a m night Shyamalan movie had osteogenesis imperfecta well that was something that they call unbreakable and i know the villain there was played right. by samuel jackson right he right, had right. a the classic like blue sclera and he yes. was breaking bones when he was young so right. It's amazing how something as dorky as this translates <laughs> to movies there and go. good yeah. health. But um, anyways, what, what medical conditions puts anyone at risk for osteoporosis? Anything that jumps to mind? Well, so we can start with osteogenesis imperfecta that you brought up. So, um, so that is listed as, you know, a condition that, that contributes to a higher risk of fracture mm -hmm. uh, across the spectrum of, of life. Mm -hmm. um, osteogenesis imperfecta is uh, typically diagnosed in childhood, um, but we know that then those individuals continue to have a higher risk of fracture into adulthood. So anyone who has an established diagnosis of osteogenesis imperfecta, we know that that, that person is at a higher risk of having fractures later on and so um, you might have a lower threshold to start medical therapy on and maybe that's why i put african-americans uh, true true because you know i was thinking of samuel jackson could be yeah. great great actor you know what i mean okay one okay. of the best well what's a um, common thing because you know that's okay. not a common thing that's right. not common Okay. Um, so uh, obviously, uh, uh, I mean, this isn't a medical condition, but yep. postmenopausal women, okay. um, and in men, men who have an established diagnosis of low, low T, low okay. testosterone, hypogonadism. Gotcha. Okay. Um, we know that um, chronic liver disease is associated okay. with uh, an increased risk of fracture. Um, we know that. Um, uh, chronic kidney disease as well, and end-stage renal disease. I could buy yeah. that, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Low, low vitamin D and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, primary hyperparathyroidism, we know, is also associated with bone loss and an increased risk of fracture. And parathyroids, for the non-medical out there, really regulates calcium, right? One right. of the big players mm -hmm. when we talk about bone health. Right, right. Um, and uncontrolled uh, chronic hyperthyroidism as well. Ooh, so thyroid. Yep, yep. So high uh, thyroid levels, uncontrolled chronic hyperthyroidism leads to increased uh, bone turnover and increased activity with the osteoclasts as well. So, nice. um, okay. so they tend to have lower bone density and, uh, and a higher risk of fracture as well. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Pearls podcast from Inside the Boards. This podcast is executive produced by Christopher Brightigan and Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Ours longa Vita Brevis.